0: section nineteen of the crusades by george william cox this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by pamela Nagami. chapter ten the latin empire of constantinople part two but the tide was now to turn against the bulgarian chief the greeks who had looked to kalogen as to one who would restore to them their freedom and their laws found that they were dealing with a savage whose mind ran on massacre and on those wholesale deportations of conquered tribes which have in all ages delighted the hearts of eastern despots the cruelties of the tyrant taught them that in the latin emperor they might perhaps find a friend at their prayer for help henry took the field with a dangerously scanty force and the retreat of Calojan was probably caused less through fear of the latin army than by the desertion of his comans not long afterwards the bulgarian chief was killed in his tent while besieging thessalonica with his successor vorolas henry made an honourable peace a treaty with the greek sovereigns of nicaea and epirus left to him undisturbed possession of an ample territory and the rest of his life was spent in conscientious efforts for its just and orderly government clearly seeing the fatal folly of that exclusive system which was so dear to the hearts of crusaders generally henry resolved to govern greeks through greeks the great offices of the state were thrown open to them in great part filled by them to the tyranny which repressed the use of the eastern liturgy and thrust on the people a theological dogma he opposed a passive resistance to the theory of papal supremacy he gave a significant answer by having his throne placed on the right hand of the patriarch's chair in the church of sancta sophia his presumption was rebuked by innocent III, but henry was none the more deterred from prohibiting the alienation of fiefs which was adding only to the wealth and power of the clergy henry died at thessalonica in 1207 and with him the male line of the counts of flanders came to an end but the daughter of henry's sister yolande was married to andrew king of hungary and to the latins it seemed that the choice of a powerful sovereign as their emperor might be the salvation of their dynasty the prize had no attractions for andrew and the offer of the crown was in a fatal hour accepted by peter of courtenay count of auxerre The husband of yolande herself who had won his spurs in a crusade not against turks and saracens but against the albigensian heretics of provence to raise a decent force which might guard him on the march to the capital peter was compelled to sell or mortgage the best part of his territories and when he reached rome the pope honorius the third careful to avoid anything which might seem to recognise his authority over the old imperial city crowned him in a church without the walls the means of transport across the sea he had been obliged to seek from the venetians they were granted but under conditions similar to those which had been imposed on baldwin and his allies he must recover durazzo for the republic as for her they had conquered Zara his success was not greater than that of Beaumont, and his miserable march from durazzo led him into trackless mountains amidst which in 1218 he fell into the hands of his enemies with him the papal legate became a captive at once the pope threatened to place the Eperat sovereign under his ban but it soon became evident that his anxiety was for the legate not for the emperor the former was released, the latter was probably murdered in prison, and the successor of Henry died without seeing the city of which he was the Caesar. While Peter of Courtenay pined in his dungeon, his wife Yolande, in the midst of her grief, anxiety, and apprehension, gave birth to Baldwin, the luckless child with whom the Latin dynasty was to reach its close. Death soon brought relief from her sorrows, and the barons had again before them the task of choosing an emperor. Namur, the inheritance of Yoland, had passed to her eldest son Philip, who was too prudent to change the substance of his principality for the shadow of an empire. The crown was offered to her second son Robert, who set out on his journey, by way of Germany and the Danube, through the territories of his brother-in-law, the king of Hungary, he was crowned by the patriarch in Justinian's church in 1219. But the pageant preceded an endless line of disasters. Demetrius, the son and successor of the Marquis Boniface, was expelled from his kingdom of Thessalonica in 1224, and the remains of Asiatic territory, still in the hands of the Latins, were seized by the Nicene emperor John Vatazes, the son in law of Theodore Lascaris still more ominous was the fact that these conquests were achieved by the aid of french mercenaries the house was indeed divided against itself and the champions of the cross had learnt the art of turning their arms to profit in the service of the highest bidder or the most successful general to disaster in the field was added vice with this issue crime in the palace and Robert, in an agony of grief and rage at the mutilation of a woman for whom he had wished to thrust aside his wife, the daughter of Vatazes, sought comfort and redress at the feet of the Roman pontiff in 1228. He was told to go back to his capital and there do his duty. The weight of his humiliation was a burden beyond his strength. Death relieved him from the duty of obedience to the papal order. Baldwin, the youngest son of yolande was a child only seven years old when robert died and the barons of the latin empire felt that the imperial power shadowy though it had become could not yet be entrusted to his hands they resolved to offer it in the mean season to john of brienne titular king of jerusalem by right of his wife mary daughter of isabella and conrad of montferrat and granddaughter of king almerich This veteran warrior, now more than eighty years of age, whom in his earlier years we shall meet in the crusade of Frederick II, was induced to accept the title of emperor on condition that Baldwin should marry his second daughter and succeed him on the throne. But his energy was impaired, whether by age or by desire for rest. He did not reach Constantinople till 1231, two years after his election and the greek traditions are silent about the exploits which he is said by the latins to have performed during a siege of the city in twelve thirty five by the forces of vataces and the bulgarian chief Azan. on his death began the ignominious reign of the second baldwin a reign of twenty-five years from twelve thirty seven to twelve sixty one most of which were spent in foreign lands for the purpose of exciting pity for his sorrows and raising alms to relieve his needs. His success was not equal to his importunities. If at the Council of Lyon, which excommunicated Frederick II, he was placed on the right hand of the Pope, at Dover he was asked how he could presume without leave to enter an independent territory in england he received seven hundred marks at rome the pontiff loaded him with indulgences and proclaimed a crusade in his favour the sainted louis of france was moved to tears of sympathy by the story of his wrongs but his army was directed to egypt not to constantinople still by alienating his Marquisate of nemours and his lordship of courtenay he contrived to return to the east with an army of thirty thousand men but the next scene of his history exhibits him as the ally of the sultan of iconium on whom he bestowed his niece and of the comans in whose pagan rites he did not hesitate to take part his needs became more pressing and he bethought him of the sacred relics which still remained in the churches of constantinople Of these the most precious was the crown of thorns which had circled the brow of the redeemer and for which he received from louis the ninth ten thousand marks of silver at smaller prices he disposed of the baby linen used by the virgin mary in the cave of bethlehem the lance and sponge used in the passion on calvary and the rod of moses all of which with some others were transferred to the exquisite chapel in paris which still attests the munificence and perfect taste of the sainted king of france meanwhile the power of vataces was being extended on every side and only his submission to the roman doctrine respecting the procession of the holy spirit was needed to secure a papal declaration in his favor that submission was not made and his death in 1255 brought a respite to the latin emperor but when baldwin sent his envoys to see what territorial concessions could be obtained from michael palaiologas the colleague and guardian of john the grandson of vataces in 1259 they were curtly told that he would yield them not a foot of land by the payment of an annual tribute amounting to the whole sum received from the customs and excise of constantinople the latin caesar might secure peace if he refused these terms he must prepare for war the great quarrel was soon decided michael had bestowed the title of caesar on his general alexius Strategopoulos, and by his orders this general went to keep close watch on the capital under the pledge that he would run no dangerous risks he failed to keep his promise and when with a scanty band of followers he clambered over the unguarded walls he began to tremble at his own rashness but his volunteers for so they were termed would listen to no arguments for retreat the die was cast and the result was victory the greeks rose on all hands at the cry which called them to the rescue of their ancient empire the genoese were not unwilling to take revenge upon their venetian enemies and the latin emperor with his chief vassals embarking on board the venetian fleet sailed first to euboea and thence to italy the capital of the eastern empire was freed in july twelve sixty one from the presence and the yoke of its western conquerors but for thirteen years longer baldwin bore about with him an empty title which won for him the commiseration or the contempt of thousands who could not be brought to stir hand or foot in his service his pretensions were maintained by his son philip and through his granddaughter catherine passed to her husband charles of valois brother of philip the fair of france next after perhaps even before the deliverance of the holy land and the restoration of the latin kingdom of jerusalem the wish dearest to the heart of innocent the third was the recovery of the greek communion to the unity of the church he was also statesman enough to see that his wishes would best be realized by a closer union between the subjects of the eastern and the western empires the death-blow to these hopes and yearnings had been dealt by his own crusade in itself and in the events which followed it not a single thing was lacking which could exaggerate suspicion into vehement jealousy and intensify dislike into burning hatred there was the merciless intolerance which regarded christian patriarchs with their clergy and their laity as heathens because they questioned the supremacy of the pope and refused to add one word to one proposition in the nicene creed there was the cruelty which intruded strangers into the places of those who had taught and ministered to the people and which suppressed a ritual hallowed by the associations of ages there was the gross injustice which thrust greeks out of every high or responsible or lucrative office and which imposed on them a system of law utterly alien to their wishes thoughts and habits there was the savage fury which had made the streets of the capital run with blood and defiled its sanctuaries with blasphemy and massacre last but perhaps not least was the brutality which had shattered or committed to the flames all that was beautiful in art costly in materials exquisite in workmanship precious from its rarity or the absolute impossibility of restoring it the tombs of the emperors were burst open and rifled the masterpieces of ancient sculptors were thrown down and shattered in the venetians alone the impulse to destroy was weaker than the temptation to theft and the horses of Lysippus. Born across the sea to venice still stand above the gorgeous portals of the basilica of st mark the greeks were left with a bitter hatred of the laws the customs the government of latin christendom and an impassable gulf remained yawning between the churches of the east and the west which no efforts have thus far been able to close or to bridge over and, of section 19.